Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man, which was released in the UK and the USA on the same date, the 3rd of July 2012. But as always, before we get to that, we're going to talk very briefly about the ride in Islands of Adventure, Florida, The Amazing Adventure of Spider-Man, which opened on the 28th of May, 1999. So... Quite old, isn't it? I think, yeah, it was there when the park first opened, wasn't it? So it's quite... um, It's probably, other than Jurassic Park, it's probably the best ride. I'm going to have to take away Harry Potter, because I know you're biased. Yeah, I think that it's it's quite a good ride. Like you used to have to queue for hours to get on Spider Man. Um and the last few times I've been I haven't had to queue as long. But I think even the the queuing is quite you know, especially as it's quite old now, it was quite an interesting queue experience because obviously you went through like the newspaper offices, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um which was quite good. That was quite nice. But I'm just looking at the waiting time. So it's half six here. So they're five hours back. And the queue is at 35 minutes, which is the joint longest along with the new King Kong ride. So it's even, oh. be- it's even beating Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's on 20. And this will surprise you. Harry Potter, 25. Gosh. I was going to say, I'm going to say it's raining. Do you reckon? It's not raining, apparently. But yeah, definitely, or it's too hot. You go into the Spider-Man ride if you need to get out of that blistering sun, or if it's raining, you go for cover. Well, it's it's 31 degrees at the moment. Yeah, it's probably a bit hot. Hmm. I think you might be right there. There you go. Problem solved. That would be why. Nothing to do with Harry Potter losing its popularity. So, you. It's too hot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a fan. What about you? I think it's all right. I'm not a... Like, Marvel isn't anything that I'm particularly interested in. I like the arcade bit in Marvel. I don't think I've ever been in there. Yeah, there's an arcade and, uh, yeah, you just wait. Oh, it's like being on Brighton Pier, really. Mm, that's probably why I don't go in. <laughs> Have you noticed that Marvel are appearing in Disney places? No. 
Well, I I don't test it, and I noticed it a couple of times, and I thought, oh, what's all this about when they're you know universal? So I looked it up online, and I need to give uh, full credit to at KL Story, who is Ken Story. He wrote a very informative piece for um, the Orlando Weekly. So basically, in the 1990s, Marvel signed a contract with Universal for the rights to their characters within their attractions. But it limits use of characters on the east coast of the country within a 60-mile radius of Universal Orlando. Since then, Disney have bought Marvel and pumped millions into it. There's a proposed ride, Iron Man, going into Disneyland Hong Kong, but the contract blocks them from building anything in Walt Disney World. Oh, I did. I think I knew this because I think there was a point, you know, there was this thing when it was like Disney had taken Marvel, you know, what was going to happen to the Marvel land in Universal? Mm. Yeah, so it seems that the contract you know, is that Universal own the rights within the East Coast. Yeah, I just think there's more going on at Universal. It's not as friendly, though, is it? It doesn't have the atmosphere. You have to to admit that. There's not the atmosphere you feel when you walk into Disney. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And even if you went to Disney, I mean, what do they call it now? Disney Springs. That is a little, even that is a bit more... You feel more jolly. Yeah, it's happening. Whereas city, city Walk feels like you need to get yourself a margarita. <laughs> Obviously, if we're talking about City Walk, what would be your favourite restaurant there? You're just going to be disappointed in me yet again, Holly, aren't you? Let's face it. Let's go. Tell you what I did like at, at City Walk, which is now gone. I don't know if you'll remember it. There used to be a Motown cafe. That was really good. But it was a restaurant. No, I don't really remember that. That's really good. Uh, but that was just because it had, you know, the music in it. Yeah. I mean, now I'd probably just go really safe and say hard rock. Okay. Because I like looking at the music memorabilia. I like the music because I'm into rock and metal and I like the music they play. Not particularly bothered about the food, if I'm being honest. It's just more being in there. What about Disney Springs? Disney Springs. Uh, I've been... Uh, oh, I'll tell you what I do want to go. I haven't been there. I want to go to the dinosaur place. Well, be careful because the fish tank smashed yeah. there. I remember seeing that. That wasn't why I want to go. But I do like dinosaurs, so I'd quite like to sit in there. Planet Hollywood bores me now, and I think even with the refit, from what I saw, yeah. about, it looks more boring than ever. I don't understand. I agree. Because the only thing I remember being really young and wanting desperately to go to Planet Hollywood, just so you could walk up the stairs and, like, you're in that ball. Yeah. Whereas they've got rid of that, like, the stairs and stuff now. So it's like, what's even the appeal of it? I tell you what I did eat, and you're you're not going to be impressed with this because it's so typical 
British thing to do when you're out of your comfort zone and you go and eat fish and chips. But cooks of Dublin and then I eat in sometimes the fish and chip shop. Right, let's just move on. <laughs> I saw the funniest sight ever when I was in there. And it's not funny, and I don't know if it will translate if I tell it, but when I was in there, this was a few years ago, I went there with my mum, and there was this American family sitting there, and obviously everyone's in shorts because it's really hot. And this little girl dropped a chip on her leg, and it was obviously boiling hot, but it was so hot she couldn't even scream, and she just sat there with her mouth open and nothing coming out of her mouth. And I was literally crying with laughter. And it took a good sort of few seconds before her, her parents realised. She didn't even try and brush it off. She was so shocked by this red hot chip on her leg that she just sat there with her hands in the air and her mouth open. Oh. <laughs> and then they just, what, did they just whack it off her leg? Yeah, obviously, like any normal person would do if a hot chip fell on the And then you just put brush it off. <laughs> so those are my memories of... Of eating there. Where where do you like to eat in Disney Springs? Disney Springs. Um, as a child, I like desperately, desperately always would want to go to the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. You know, like I, it just seemed so cool, and you know, just you know, I just really loved it. Obviously, not now though. <sighs> None of it's up to your standard, is it? If we're being honest, because, you know, you're a foodie. There's nothing wrong with that. You like your food. You know what you're talking about. None of them are top quality restaurants. No. And the ones that try and be top quality are worse than the ones that you know aren't. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And actually, I'm looking at all this stuff now, and the Disney Springs website looks amazing. The Earl of Sandwich. Have you been in that? No, because you're on holiday, so why the hell would I go to a sandwich place? <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I wasn't overly keen. Everyone was raving about it. Um, and I I went in it and I thought, you know, like you, I eat a sandwich at lunch at work, so I don't particularly want to eat a sandwich when I'm on a holiday. But their breakfast menu is very good. Oh, okay. So maybe I could go for that then. Yeah, the, yeah, because I we stayed in the hotel literally opposite, like across the road from Disney Springs, so you could walk over in five minutes. And if we weren't having breakfast in the hotel, because some days it's like character breakfast, and I can't think of anything worse than having a character approach me as I'm trying to eat my breakfast or any kind of food. I'm just not into that at all. Awful. So on those days, and then we popped over to Disney Springs, and we ate, in the early sandwich, it was very nice for breakfast. Not so good for evening. Yeah, not no one would eat in the evening there, would they? Chocker in the evening. It's like mental, the queues. Again, because we were staying right opposite, could see out onto it. And it was crazy, the amount of people that go in there. I mean, isn't this weird? So I think this is new because I haven't seen it before or like haven't paid any attention. So they've opened a restaurant called Steak. Um, in in Disney Springs, which is it's a steak restaurant. It's in other places. I think there's one in London. There'll be one in Vegas. 
So I just thought I'll have a quick look because, you know, maybe maybe I'll go and, you know, go over next year, you know, you know, try it out. Why not? So I've just had like had a look at it and I, obviously I know it's state, it's gonna be a little bit more costly and stuff, but a ten ounce filet is forty six dollars, which I think is a lot. That is a lot. Thirty four ounce so it's it's big ribeye for two, I know is this is for two people a hundred and twenty eight dollars. That's very expensive. If I was going to pay, I mean, not that I ever would, but so let's say I was going to pay that much for a meal, I wouldn't be doing it there. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be doing it when I was in my t-shirt and shorts. Um, with Feeling a bit grubby, and like other people yeah. sat on the bench outside eating an Earl of sandwich. It's <laughs> really getting into this now. Okay, well, maybe can't wait to go. You can just plan your holiday while we're doing the podcast. Why not? Yeah. Just you know, give the odd sarky comment every five minutes, and pretty much we'll be done. Exactly. <laughs> All booked. Shall we move on to the film? Yes. So I must explain for people listening that Holly decided this film about two months ago and it was a week that I said, you pick for once. So she said, okay, let's do an amazing Spider-Man. So obviously, what do I do? That weekend, I, I rent it, actually paid money for this, watched it, wrote all my notes. Holly only watched it yesterday. So my memories are quite foggy of this film. Yours should be clear as a bell. <laughs> so I'm going to. Apologies. Go, not a problem. I'm going to go through the notes. So if I sound a little vague, one, it's because I really am not into comic books whatsoever. We're doing it because we have vowed we will review every single film featured. It was a commitment we made. It was a commitment we made. And I, I, I will say from the off, because we've offended a few people, we've offended a few sci-fi fans with Alien and other bits and pieces. If you're really heavily to the point of obsession in Spider-Man, I probably wouldn't listen. <laughs> because I guarantee we will not do it justice, the justice you have in your head. So, But if, you, if you're a bit light-hearted about it, a vague interest. Listen along. Carry on. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that is fair. Okay. We see Peter Parker as a little boy. His parents start to they, they sort of free, flee from the house, don't they, as I recall? Well, yeah, they're playing hide and seek. Um, and then he goes into his dad's study and then he calls his dad. And it's like someone's sort of been in and ransacked the study. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a big thing of, oh, we, we need to leave. So they go and drop him off at his aunt and uncle's house and say bye. And this was a bit, I didn't really understand, um, you know, did they did they know that was it? Or was it just meant to be, I'll see you in a few weeks? Not sure. It wasn't really clear, was it? Because the bye from the, the dad, you know, the mum was like, oh, he likes his sandwiches like this. And, you know, all being a bit like that. But the dad was just a bit like, bye. You know, like it didn't seem that final. 
maybe they thought they were seeing him again. We don't know. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's left with Sally Field and Martin Sheen. And whenever you see Sally, don't you just sort of think Mrs Doubtfire? Always. I think Mrs Doubtfire and Forrest Gump, to be fair. I didn't even know she was in Forrest Gump. She was Forrest's mum. Oh. How can she be Forrest's mum? Like, surely they're the same age. Well, no, well this was the flashback. So this was oh. when you see Forrest as a little boy. But they did put ageing makeup on her when she played Tom Hanks. She still continued to play the part, but they put ageing makeup on her. Um, we could crowbar Forrest Gump in just for the fact that Bubba Gump is in City Walk. I think that is scraping at the barrel. But it's a great film. People love Forrest Gump. I mean, I've been to Savannah, you know, where it was all filmed. Well, I think that's a dreadful waste on you, because I bet you were like, yeah, whatever, give me a margarita. Back to Spider-Man. It cuts to high school then, doesn't it? Yeah, and initially I thought, when I saw Andrew Garfield, a.k.a. Peter Parker, I thought he's not bad looking. Yeah. And I thought, I find it a bit weird that he, um, he's sort of so unpopular in a way. But then as the film went on, I realised he was utterly annoying and I completely got it. when we first see him that he sticks up for a boy that's getting beaten up Emma Stone says well done she does then we cut back to where he finds his dad's bag he finds the picture of his dad and a bloke inside yeah and his uncle throughout this film actually I think the uncle is the star of the whole film I think he's just really a very nice character he just seemed very genuine I just really liked him I like the auntie and uncle in general. They were they were you, they were a nice family. Yeah, they, they were. After him, well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So then this is obviously the uncle says, "Oh, I don't know who that is in the photo." And then he goes later to go and see Peter in his room and just says, "Actually, it's this man." Yeah. Well, then so Peter goes online, realizes he works for some company in the city, um, and then happens to turn up on a day where students are going in to sort of do some summer project or something just manages to get into the company and I just thought this whole thing was utterly ridiculous yeah so he finds out it's Kirk Connors is the name of the villain oh not a villain yet spoiler sorry (laughs) Kirk Connors and he he, sne- he sneaks on into sort of an internship thing they're doing, aren't they? Yeah. And somehow, just by saying a different name, he gets allowed in. Well, he just goes up to the guy, doesn't he, and says, "Hi, I need to see. Th- I just want to see this person." And she's like, "Oh, move to the left. Your name badge is there, then." Yeah. And then he picks it up, and it's some sort of Spanish name. Yeah. She, the receptionist even goes, "That's you." There's enough to be like, you liar. And he goes, yeah. And then that's it. Off they wander. And I just thought, I just don't even think you could probably get into many head offices by just doing that. Like, it's all it all lined up pretty well, all of that. You know, that there happened to be an internship, that it happened to be with the guy. I mean, I can't even go to into my head office at work with that photo ID. And they know who I am. 
even it gets even sillier because then Emma Stone's character Gwen's there, who's sort of looking after the interns. But you know, he manages. He has this sort of interaction, doesn't he, with um, with the scientist guy? I can't remember his name. Um, and again, the scene before the uncle's the uncle says you look so much like your dad and at this point he's wearing his dad's glasses i just thought wouldn't he say something so that was weird and then emma stone says make sure you're just with me you know stay with me and then he just sort of well he's bitten by a spider isn't he at this point well yeah but he wanders off into a room because he follows someone and watches them put a code in. You know, he doesn't just randomly get bitten by a spider. Well, you see the symbol that was on something in his dad's bag on someone's folder, so he follows that, doesn't he? I just think, again, wouldn't there be CCTV? Wouldn't there be a little bit more protection? Yep. What I want to know is, and I've never watched Spider-Man before this, do they do this each time they cast a new actor? Do we have to go through, you know, because it's coming out again later this year with someone else playing it. We've had Tobey Maguire playing it. God knows, you know, what was going on years ago with TV shows and stuff. Do we have to go through this every single time, watch them being bitten by a spider? Yes. That's just always the case. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of to go through. Because, I mean, we've, we've gone through it in about five minutes, but this actually lasted quite a long time in the film. A really long time in the film. Yeah. He then really starts getting really very cocky. Mm-hmm. Which makes him really unlikable, I think. Yeah, so we see him on the tube, and he leaps up and clings onto the ceiling, he sticks on things. And then he yeah. goes back to school, doesn't he? And he, the the guy who was beating up someone they're playing basketball or something and now obviously he's got these like crazy skills mm. and he he humiliates the, the boy yeah and the uncle calls him out on it which i think is very good what i don't really understand was so you know leading up to that we see the you know he squeezes the toothpaste out the tube and manages to pull the tap off and you know he's obviously got this strength from somewhere but he doesn't seem i mean if i suddenly got that strong i'd be a bit frightened by it doesn't seem that bothered does he yeah and then so this is what i found with so obviously after that they you know the, the uncle comes in and says look we need to swap shift i need i needed to swap my shift because i had to come in and sort this out so you've got to pick your aunt up tonight yeah and he, in the meantime, sort of off, goes and, you know, discovers all of his new skills and stuff, messing around on skateboards. Um, and I just thought, again, you've got all these powers, and the first thing you do is just go off to skateboard. <laughs> but in between that, he does go back to the lab and speak to Kurt. Yes. And gives him, is it an algorithm he gives him? From his dad. Yes. Who made a mouse grow a leg via lizard DNA. Yes. Then it cuts to his poor uncle gets shot. Because Peter was meant to pick up his aunt, forgot. Yep. And then his uncle gets annoyed. And I do, but I did at this point, you know, the aunt did say just leave him, just leave him alone. Yeah. 
And I, you know, he should have. Yeah. He should have just let him like cool off, really. Yeah. He was quite distant to his aunt, and she has just lost her husband. Yeah, he didn't seem to sort of comfort her in any way, did he? Or be kind of apologetic. Obviously, he never meant for that to happen. But you'd you'd think that he would try to make up for it in some way by being the best possible nephew that he could. Yeah, and I think you'd feel some guilt because the only reason he was out was looking for him. Yeah. So at school, Flash, the bully boy, says that he's sorry his uncle's died. So he kind of does the right thing. Peter goes off to try and get the robber and he beats up some random man who he thinks is the robber. Yep. And then he sees an old poster of a mask. What I found odd was he then flings himself off of a building to test his web. I'd probably, you know, maybe jump off the sofa to start. Yeah, build it up, work your way up. Yeah, uh, you know, and then, you know, build from there, maybe, you know, the dining table after that and the wardrobe. And until I got fairly confident, I wouldn't be, you know, doing my initial test, jumping off of a building. I didn't understand why he bought a spandex outfit. And then I read my friend who I was watching it with said it's so he can move faster. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't Rather think... than like a baggy trackie, you know, which gets yeah. caught to door handles and stuff. The police don't like his antics and they chase him, but they don't they don't catch him. And I can understand that. Yeah, you got a cold. Yeah, a bit of a sore throat. Yeah, you sound a bit nasally. Oh. <laughs> Not that anyone else would pick up, but just, you know, because I, I, know, I noticed because I know you. The, the next bit on my notes, anyway, that I wrote down was that Gwen had invited Peter over for dinner. Oh, yes, I have got that in my notes, yeah. Which, so there's a couple of things which I find weird here, is that, one, she invited him over for dinner with the family, the whole family. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just want to hang out, you know, just go for dinner or, you know, cinema or, you know, a coffee after school, something like that. So he he goes for dinner, he doesn't use the stairs, he goes up the, you know, the fire exit. He goes up to a room, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is asking for trouble, isn't it, really? And then I just thought to myself, like, obviously when we see Gwen's, her apartment, her family's apartment, it's very big. It's obviously meant to be, you know, her dad's head of police in New York City. Why are they at the same school together? Mm. Because he lives in, like, the suburbs of New York. Yeah. She would be at a private school. Maybe they're the kind of parents that can afford to send her to private school but think that they were that they need to see how lucky they are, so they put them in... You know, like when politicians send their kids to public schools and you think... Come on, just put them in private, you can afford it. I, I do, yeah, I appreciate that, but I don't know why they'd need to find a school about however many blocks away from their house. <laughs> you know, why she needs to get the subway 10 stops outside of central New York. Yeah, so they, they're having dinner and this uh, her dad, the police chief, is having a go about Spider-Man, isn't he? And Peter defends him. A bit awkward. Yeah, and I just thought, like, pick your arguments. Like, how 
obvious do you want to be that it's you? I'm surprised no one picked it up, really, from what you were saying. And also, like, don't be so defensive about it. You know, like, oh, well, he's really good. Yeah. Don't be so yeah. arrogant. Emma chases him out because he leaves, and he manages to woo her by flinging a web at her, which I think would, most people would find revolting. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you know, if, if Adam had, had flung a web at you when you first met it, I shouldn't imagine that you'd be sitting in a house together now. No, definitely not. But I thought that was, you know, and again, I don't know what universe this is, but she doesn't seem shocked by that. Yeah, that's what I find weird. You know, it's just very sort of, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, no one's like, Jesus Christ, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. This is really weird. You need to get to the doctor. Yeah. I think prior to this, I've got it written prior, but it might not have been prior, Kurt's <coughs> test on his own arm. Yeah, that was because, disgusting. Yeah, because to go back, Kurt's boss wants to start human trials um, using this uh, algorithm. And Kurt refuses because he says, you know, it, it's not ready yet. But he does try it on his own arm. And then it grows sort of a very baby-like soft hand, I guess, doesn't it? Mm, a bit creepy. Horrible. So then we cut to uh, Kurt again, and he's turned into a lizard, and he's walking over cars on a bridge. A big lizard at that. Massive lizard. It's not proportionate, is it? Because I understand he wouldn't go to an actual lizard size, but you'd think he'd go to a man-sized lizard. He's actually like a monster-sized lizard. Why is he so big? I've got no idea. And also, again, nobody seems that concerned that there's a giant lizard. Yeah. Just the destruction it's causing, not the fact that, oh, my God, there's a lizard. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man... Manages to save a child. And that whole thing was ridiculous. I mean, that boy would have been burnt to an absolute crisp. Yeah, it was a bit toasty in there, wasn't it? And he took forever. That kid was asking for trouble. And then he had time to take his mask off and give it to the child. And I don't know, would you have that level of patience in that? And I think he just would be like, you know, the child was young, but he's not that. I mean, what, I'd probably say he was seven or something. An age where you could reason. Like, I would just be like, if you don't move here now, you will die. Hmm. I just don't think I'd sit there and be like, look, this is going to make you brave. Put my mask on. But I haven't got a f***ing time for this. I'm saving you as it is. So come on. <laughs> so then we see Kurt has turned back from a lizard and he's wandering along with a blanket. I don't know where you got the blanket from. Um, oh, yeah. Blanket. Well, that's out of order, if it is. I hope he returned it. The police announced that uh, Spider-Man is a vigilante. Which I agree with. Emma Stone, what's her name in it? I should, try, I should attempt to call her by her. Gwen. Gwen. I don't know if I can do that. She doesn't look like a Gwen, does she? No, Gwen Stacy, isn't it? Gwen's quite an old name, isn't it? But, you, you know, Gwen Stefani's quite cool, isn't she? 
He is, but she's, you know, I think you forget, Gwen Stefani is, you know, older than me. Yeah, Gwen is quite old. Again, it doesn't sound good when you just say Gwen. You have to say Gwen Stefani. I'd imagine even her husband calls her, or her boyfriend calls her Gwen Stefani. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Surely no one calls her Gwen with a straight face. No, they just have to go, there's Gwen Stefani. Yeah, all the time. So Emma Stone, I can't do the Gwen thing. Emma Stone tries to stop Peter. Uh, she says, that's not your job. And he replies, maybe it is. Ugh. Then he goes to see Kurt. And he says, how does a predator attack a reptile? Is that, why have I written that? Yeah, he does say something like that. And then he says they can't because the reptile's at the top of the food chain. Okay. He leaves and Peter has seen that um, one of the mice has turned into kind of a monster mouse who's eating the other mouse. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Dark. And Peter goes to Emma Stone's dad and tells him that Kurt has turned into a giant lizard and says he's planning something horrific. And he dismisses it all, but secretly asks for info. Like, I feel like it could have been handled a bit differently. Like, maybe take a photo and just send it anonymously. The scientist guy goes down and is sort of then in again in the sewers but isn't just in the sewers you know isn't just in the sewer with like just that one thing you know to to inject himself i mean he's moved his whole bloody office down there yeah (laughs) how how did he manage that single-handedly yeah there's a lot of expensive (laughs) one-handedly literally (laughs) single-handedly You know, uh, he takes everything down there, and you yeah. know what? It's just gone. Oh, this is a nice spot. I think I'll just I'll up it. here. And you know, it's it it looked it looked pretty decent. It looked yeah. better than my study at home. <laughs> Spider Man follows him down there, doesn't he? And he sees that he's injecting himself with a, a bigger dosage. Yeah. And the lizard attacks him, saying, you stop me once, you won't stop me again. And he finds out that he's Peter, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So when, and again, when he's the lizard, is he is he the scientist in his head? Or is, like, you know, is his brain completely changed? Has he become sort of... I guess he must know on some level he's the scientist because he acknowledges who Peter is. So he must, he must know... Peter rather than just Spider-Man so he must have memories but it's like just all the evil comes out of him isn't it yeah it's very odd Hmm. Uh, so then he goes to the school doesn't he because he comes up again through the sewers but the hole left in the sewer is, is quite small for the size of the lizard yeah and then it sort of just gets very stupid that he's running around trying to find Peter at the school. He can't fight him as Peter. Why can't he be Spider-Man in his normal clothes? Well, this is what I didn't understand, because initially he only bought... You know, he was Spider-Man, first of all, and then he saw, you know, the mask, a poster of a mask, and he goes and buys a suit. But when he was on the tube immediately after he got bitten, he was doing all sorts of karate kicks and everything there. 
So I don't know why he wants to put the suit on. He could have fought him. Like, I understand that he needs the suit to be a bit like, oh, this is Spider-Man. But, you know, like, in a dire need. Yeah. In, that, in an emergency situation such as that. Yeah. You would think. Let it go. Yeah, I, I'm just going to fight him off. Because who was there in that moment other than him, the lizard, and Emma Stokes, who already knows? Yeah. So the lizard goes back to the sewer. Peter follows him and asks Emma, uh, Emma Stone to make a serum as antidote. The lizard uh, is releasing a, a chemical now that turns people into reptiles, so it's getting serious. It's got real. Oh, yeah. No kidding. The chief of police finds out Spider-Man is Peter. Which, considering he's a police officer, and Peter more or less told him at the dinner table, poor detective skills. Yeah, I agree. Peter tells him that the lizard is heading to where Emma is. This was a really cool scene, actually, where Spider-Man sort of flings himself around New York. That looked really cool. And obviously everybody was, like, helping him, weren't they? Yeah. Because he'd saved the little boy and stuff. Like, that was very cool, like, how it all lined up. Like, I mean, there was a lot of building work going on, fortunately for him, in the area he was in New York. Um, so a lot of cranes, and a lot of cranes working quite late at night as well, which, again, was very useful for him. Mm-hmm. Very useful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was glad that happened, because by this point, I mean, this was a good two hours into the film. I was I was struggling at this point, so I was glad this happened to wake me up. Yeah. And make me take notice. And, I d- you know, a lot of it through the film, they're on the roof or something, and the lizard's there, and then the police come up, and they're like, we're here to help Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just said stuff, they were like, oh, the city needs you and stuff. And I just thought, oh, so set up for another film, isn't it? (laughs) So Emma's dad takes the antidote off of her. And Spider-Man is fighting the lizard. He removes the mask off him and says, poor Peter Parker. No father, mother, uncle, all alone. Bit much. But then, from we hear, he's not alone. It's only Emma Stone's dad turned up, and he gives Spider-Man the antidote. And he does still have Aunt May anyway. Yeah, I would have probably answered that. I've still got my auntie. And it's Sally Field, no less. (laughs) So, how do you feel about that, geezer from Notting Hill? (laughs) The dad is attacked. And Spider-Man releases the uh, antidote. So Spider-Man falls and he is saved by Kurt, who is no longer a lizard. Then it cuts to um, Emma's dad says he was wrong and the city does need him. But he makes him promise to leave Emma alone and then he dies. He said quite a lot for a dying breath. I might have just, if I thought I was going to die, just got out and leave Emma alone. Probably cut down the speech before, just in case. What your dying wishes and tell my family I love them. 
Do you know if it was like, oh, your dad said this? Oh, what else did he say? Did he say, you know, he loves my mum, you know, that my brothers, are, you know, wish them well, that he, he hopes they have a wonderful life and he's sorry they can't be there. No, he just said that they, the world needs me and not to go out with you. Ridiculous. So um, the antidote makes everyone better, which is good. No one's turning into uh, reptiles anymore. And Kurt is behind bars. Peter goes home. Emma turns up at his house and asks why he wasn't there when uh, her dad died. Yep. And he tells her he can't see her anymore. She guesses it's something to do with her dad. But even then, even if you'd promised you would stay away, you could send a sympathy card or something, surely. Or I think I would probably just go and be like to her. You know, if they were that, you know, he told her his darkest secret. I think mm. I just would go and be, you know, have a conversation with her and be like, I just want, you know, you know, you to know I'm so sorry about your dad. He was an amazing man. Like He saved my life. He saved New York. And... I promised him I wouldn't, I would stay away from you. And you know what is true? You shouldn't get involved in this. It's messy. And walk yeah. away. And at least she knows. And she can be like, no, my dad shouldn't have said that. And then he can be like, no, I think your dad's right. You know, it's the hardest thing, but I've got to go. Yeah. Not just not just don't say anything. He didn't say. He said leave my daughter alone. He didn't say don't explain. Sally Field wants to know why he didn't ask her out. He says he's no good for her. And she says, Peter Parker, if there's one thing you are, it's good. She's just nice, isn't she? she After everything yeah. that's happened, she's great. I said it was, you know, the weather really got horrific once the dad died, didn't it? I mean, pouring with rain. Pouring with rain. And I thought, actually, it was really nice at the funeral that everyone had the same umbrella. (laughs) Nothing distasteful, you know, like a coloured, a brightly coloured one with flowers on. Peter listens to his uncle's voicemail, who tells him he's destined for greatness and he's the hero, he's his hero and he loves him. And that's lovely, isn't it? Very nice. We cut to high school and Flash is wearing a Spider-Man T-shirt. He's late and he promises he'll never be late again. And the teacher says, don't make promises you can't keep. So then he gives a cheeky whisper to Emma and says, yeah, but those are the best kind. I didn't get that. Well, that's how they get back together. That's the end. Well, yeah, I know. I was as joyous that it was the end of the film. You were too busy cheering that you didn't hear the end line. But I did notice that the director was called Mark Webb. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And I thought, did you know, was it like they walked in and he went, oh, I'm the director and I'm Mark Webb? And then they went, done. We've had a few shout-outs for this one which I'm going to do now. Yeah. So we've got at Spielberg Pod, who are the Easy Rider Raging podcast, who uh, we thoroughly recommend, said, I know there was a villain, but I struggle to remember who it was. I know they were lousy. 
Stone and Garfield were great, though. And I think I think he sums it up pretty well. I'd agree with all of that. Yeah. I mean, he, Andrew Garfield did annoy me, but, you know, I can understand that why people liked him. He played the part well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And then over on Instagram, we've got Atara1996 said Andrew Garfield was the better Spider-Man, but Tobey Maguire was the better Peter Parker. The action was better and smoother, but the villain was boring. Emma Stone was great. A lot of the same mm. same opinions then. Yeah, definitely. And that's obviously someone that knows what they're talking about. More than us. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, so doesn't take a lot. No, but it's, it's reassuring to know that we were over along the right lines, <laughs> yeah. at least. That we didn't get it completely wrong. And then we've got uh, at Lyle, 18889, who says, great ride, not so good film, too much CGI. Sally Field was the only highlight in this otherwise poor film. <laughs> and to be fair, you you liked Sally. You kept saying that. Yep. Yep. So, so I, I pretty much agree with, with what you said, yeah. Bang on. Thank you, Lyle. Is there anything you would like to add to Spider-Man? Um, I mean, we will never discuss this again. No, I don't think there is, to be honest. Fair enough. Is there anything we from you? Well, you've never asked that before. I'm shocked. <laughs> the worm has turned. No. Well, let me tell you. We are now part of a fantastic Twitter group called At Brit Pod Scene, which is a group of British podcasts that have all got together um, to mass promote each other. So if you like listening to people that are a bit down, a bit sarcastic, possibly snobby, um, <laughs> Brit Pod Scene could be your thing. So there's, there's an array of podcasts already on there and more joining as we speak. But if you want to know about anything you like, you'll find a podcast for it. So if you, do you want to know about Formula One? You just pop on over there and there's a podcast on it. If I want to know on gaming, you know, if I suddenly think, you know, Pac-Man is not fulfilling me enough anymore, not a problem. I just pop on over there and there's a gaming podcast. Maybe you want to know about the Spielberg films. They're the whole podcast. They're just dedicated to Spielberg films. 60s TV and films. They're all over there. Maybe you need to head over to that one since you don't like anything with it out of the last 10 years. Recommend that one for you. Do you want to hear a mum and a daughter talking about a wonky cat? Now you can. Brick pod scene. They've got uh, a film quiz podcast that you can join along at home in. That's fantastic. There's four friends chatting about different topics. 
no politics, all light-hearted, fantastic. If four friends is too much, not a problem. There's a comedy podcast with only two friends on it. So that's, that's covered too. And if you're just into news stories that you're not sure if they're fake or real, guess what? There's only a podcast for it over at Britpod scene. So I, I just can't see any scenario we haven't got covered over there. And, of course, if you go over there, the rule is you have to listen to, to our show. If you find yourself on it, theme park films will always be your, your number one, and then you listen to the others if you've got time. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. I literally didn't listen to a word of that. <laughs> If you would like to contact us, we are on Twitter at Theme Park Films. We're on Instagram and Pinterest at Theme Park Films Podcast. Or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. And of course, as mentioned, you can also find us on at Brit. <laughs> you can also find us at Brit Pod Scene. When I created that name, I didn't realise how hard it would be to say. <laughs> It's, it's quite a mouthful. So thank you very much for listening. Our next episode, we're going to have a, a special guest on it. We are. Our first guest. Our first ever guest. I don't normally mention the next episode because I'm never sure whether they're going to go out in order, but this one will definitely go out in order because we don't have any in the bag waiting to go. So I can reveal that the next podcast will be on The Mummy. And we are going to have our, our number one fan, I think it's safe to say, Lyle, will be joining us. But only if we reach a 1,000. Yes, we need to reach... The criteria we've told Lyle is we need to reach a 1,000 followers on Twitter, and we're about 40 short. So basically, Lyle's got a week to drum up 40 followers for us. I think so far he's got us two. <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest, no one ever thought we'd have a thousand followers on Twitter, so that's why we said he could come on and do a podcast. We didn't think we'd ever get that far, but we've said it now, so he's coming on. (laughs) And we're very much looking forward to it. And we will see you next time.